welcome to the Seeds Church Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. Okay, so thank you, Joy. And for those who might be unwondering about this close friendship that we have, Joy and I have been married for 41 years, and we're still best friends, which is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing. And uh, as Joy mentioned, we are going to continue this theme of hope. And I think that for all of us, this year has been a weird year. And I just want to demonstrate that to the, right now. If you cast your minds back 12 months ago, who would have thought that uh, this particular bit of um, this garment would be available? I'm just going to demonstrate it now. This is not an ordinary mask. So I have to take it off because I can't really preach with a mask on. However, looking very closely at this mask, this is not just your average mask. The Adelaide Crows have got their own mask. And I wear that briefly because I don't think this time last year anyone would have expected that such a bit of paraphernalia would be available and it would even need to have such a thing, that a global pandemic would sweep the world and has caused many people to to suffer great hardship and to really question what's going on in this world. And we thought that as a church it's really important to speak into all of our lives and not just the people involved in our church but all those who are listening and who will be watching this in the future that hope is something really important, really essential, and we need hope at this point in our lives. When we talk about hope, it's really interesting the language we use. We tend to often use the word hope as almost like a wish. In other words, I hope, and I fervently hope this, that the Adelaide Crows have a better year in 2021. That's my hope. And I think that there are a lot of people who would concur with that right now. I hope we might think that I get a good job when I finish all the study that I've done. I hope my health holds up in 2021. I hope that international air travel opens up soon. There's a fervent hope. But in many ways... That, that sort of hope that we're talking about is wishful thinking and, and it's very much dependent upon it. Strength lies in the strength of a person's desire. So I have a pretty strong desire to do some international travel next year, so I have a hope that that will happen. But it's really dependent upon the strength of my desire. But I want to say, folks, that the Bible doesn't talk about hope like that. That the gospel that we're sharing today is not this wishful thinking, I hope something happens. But in the Bible, the Bible talks about the fact that hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. And it doesn't rely on us. It's dependent upon God's faithfulness. Not our desire, but God's faithfulness. So that the hope that we're talking about today is this confident 
expectation. It's based upon something fundamental, something foundational. It's something concrete. It's something strong. It's something reliable. It's something that you can put your trust into. That's the sort of hope that we're talking about today. And we need that sort of hope, don't we, folks? We need that sort of hope. So the first thing I want to share from the Scriptures today is that God gives us hope. God gives us hope. Let me read a verse to you from uh, about 600 years BC. Well, this, was, this, this event took place in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29 and verse 11. And uh, this is uh, on our screens right now. And for some of us, we've heard this verse before. Let me just remind you about this. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope, to give you hope and a future. Folks, whatever your circumstances are right now, I want to tell you and I want to proclaim to you that God has a plan for your life and it's a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, a plan to give you hope and a future. We'll look around ourselves and we think, well, how could that possibly be? But the promise of the Word of God, which is a faithful promise, which is a dependable promise, which is something we can rely upon, is that God plans to give us a hope. Now, I've heard that verse many times, and I've, someone draw that verse to my attention, or drew it to my attention um, very early on in my Christian life. But I was reflecting upon this verse again recently. And you know, folks, quite often we have the view that, that we want God to act in a very short time frame. We live in a world of instantaneous responses. You know, if I'm, I'm speaking now, and possibly some of you, dare I say it, may be making some reactions on the screen, on your keyboard. You may be giving me a nice love heart, which would be nice, or... Maybe you'll be giving me a, a thumbs down. I don't know. But either way, we can make instantaneous responses. But do you know, when you read the Scripture uh, in Jeremiah, not too many people read the verse before. And let me just read it to you. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. This verse was written to people who had been taken into exile by King Nebuchadnezzar, and they were there for 70 years in a foreign land as exiles under a whole different sort of rule. And, and they'd been taken away from their homeland, and they were there for 70 years. And yet in the midst of that difficult time when things looked desperately troubled, and where people were crying out for hope, God brings his word and speaks his word through the prophet Jeremiah and says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope. But they had to wait a fair while, 70 years for some of them when they first was taken into exile. And I want to tell you that God's time frame is not the same as our time frame. We operate on instantaneous time. We want to see stuff happen now, don't we? We want to pray and then we bang, we want to see a response. Well, God doesn't always respond in the same time frame, but I'll tell you what, he always responds. He is a God of hope. He is a God who is faithful. 
He is the God who is dependable. He is the one who we can rely on when all around seems crashing away and all seems hopeless. God is the God of hope. So I say that into your lives right now. God brings us hope. God brings us hope. Come with me to the book of Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, this book was written to the early church and they were having a lot of difficult times. There was a lot of persecution and suffering. And the apostle Peter wrote this letter and he speaks into the people's lives. And in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 we read this. And I love this verse. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, and God has great mercy, folks. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, folks, not only does God give us hope, but this hope he gives us is not a dead hope, it's not a stagnant hope, it's not a lifeless hope, it's a living hope. And why is it a living hope? Because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. So the hope we have is something we can so put our lives on, we can entrust our lives into his care because Jesus has been raised from the dead. He has defeated all the enemies. Jesus has come to destroy the works of the evil one. Jesus has come to remove the sting of death. Jesus has come to pay the penalty for our sin. Jesus has come to smash the fear of death. God gives us a living hope, a hope that we can trust in, a hope that we can rely on. And I want to just stress today that, that Christianity is not just a, a religion about interesting ways to live your life, but it's actually about the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this Christmas, when we talk about a baby coming into the world, we need to remember that that baby came into the world, lived as a man, and suffered and died for us, and he was raised from the dead. So we can talk about the resurrection, not just at Easter time, but it's fundamental. It flows through our whole lives. The whole world turns around the point that God has given us a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'm conscious I might have been spraying a little bit then, so I'm hoping that um, that didn't impact upon your TV screens as you're watching this right now. Let me just have a small drink to replace some of the uh, liquid. I've got a little bit of uh, debris on my pages here. So we have got not just a hope, but a living hope. I've mentioned before that I'm personally have a conviction that I need to speak more about the resurrection because the resurrection gives us a living hope. Not just wishful thinking, but a living hope. So that's my first point today is that God gives us hope. The second thing I want to share with you is that um, there's a great verse in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 that talks about hope as an anchor, as an anchor. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. Let's have a look at this on the screen. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, 
it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. I love this expression that the, the hope that we're talking about, the hope that God gives us, the living hope, is an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. Now, if you go down to Glenelg, which I was down there the other day, you'll see various signs around the place. And uh, it, it, one, the council down there is called the City of Holdfast Bay. And if you look on a map, the actual small bay around Glenelg is actually called Holdfast Bay. I don't know if you've ever wondered where that name came from. Well, if you have, it's a great question and you're going to hear it today. This is why you tune into these sort of services, to find out these important facts, these important historical things, is that Colonel William Light, who was the European who laid out the city of Adelaide, he, he was on a ship and, the, and there was a storm and they were looking for good anchorage so they could ride out the storm. And the, and the captain of the ship in 1836 put down the anchor and the anchor found a firm connection to the seabed. And so the, they were able to ride out the, the fierce storm because they had a firm anchor with a great connection to the seabed. An anchor withstands the storms. It holds the vessel firm to the seabed. And the promise in the scriptures is that we have hope. We have hope as an anchor, not for a vessel that's struggling against a storm out in the sea, but we have hope as an anchor for our soul. And I think that all of us need to have an anchor for our soul. I think, can you, are you with me today, folks, that we need an anchor for the soul? We need to have something that can hold us firm, something that is secure, something that can ride out the storms of life. This year, there's been many storms, many storms. For some people, they've experienced an economic storm where because of the global pandemic, people have lost jobs, or if they haven't lost jobs, they've had a significant reduction in their income because they're casual employees and there's, lot, there's less work around for them. So people have experienced an economic storm and you may be experiencing an economic storm right now. For others, people have experienced a relationship storm. The intense strain of the changes in their circumstances has put a great strain on relationships, particularly for people in the hard lockdown. And I know people who have been through a hard... We had a hard lockdown of three days in... Adelaide, but let me tell you, in Victoria, in Melbourne, the impact of that hard lockdown was dramatic on people's relationships, dramatic. And so people are suffering from a relationship storm. Other people are suffering from a health storm. The, 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 the mental health impacts of anxiety and fear that people have had this year is affecting their lives, not just in a physical sense, but also in a mental sense. People are struggling with, in, with mental health. So this year has been, for some people, a health storm. And so no wonder our soul is crying out for some sort of anchor. People will try and deal with that in all sorts of ways. For some people, they'll, they'll deal with it by having greater intake of, of alcohol or other sorts of drugs or try and lose themselves in, in non-stop replays of Netflix shows or whatever it might be. But, but can I tell you, folks, we need to have an anchor for our soul. We need to have something which can, can deal with the buffeting of the storms of life. And the great news of the gospel is, the great news of the gospel is that we have this hope, this hope in God, this living hope as an anchor, 
as an anchor for our souls, holding us firm, holding us secure. It doesn't mean that the storms disappear. It doesn't mean we have a storm-free life. It doesn't mean that we go through life with an insulated bubble around us and nothing ever impacts upon our lives because I've shared before this year there's been all sorts of storms. But folks, can I tell you, can I tell you now that we have an anchor, we have an anchor for our souls and it's found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not a question of us digging deep and trying to sort of hold on stronger to God this year because our strength and our ability to hold on waxes and wanes, but know that in Christ, when God reaches out to us through his son, Jesus Christ, he offers to us the gift of salvation. He scoops us up. He wraps us up around in his loving arms, and we have that hope, that relationship with Jesus Christ as an anchor for our soul. Can I hear a virtual amen, wherever you might be today, that we have this hope as an anchor, and we're going to sing about that funny enough, shortly when I finish preaching. And I, I pray and trust that when we sing that song, you might be actually, dare I say, can I encourage you to physically stand up, wherever you are, stand up, unless it's unsafe to do so, stand up and sing that song that we have this anchor, this hope is an anchor for our soul. I'm excited about the gospel. I don't know if you picked that up. I don't know if you can sort of tell that sometimes this bloke gets a bit excited. And I get a little bit excited because I know that God loves me so much and he loves you so much that he has spared nothing. And right now, this Christmas, I pray that your eyes of your heart might be enlightened, that the Holy Spirit might shine his light into your life in a fresh way and that we might realise that we're not alone, that we're not sort of battling away on this planet Earth with all sorts of troubles around us, but no, that God has not left his hand upon this world he has got us firmly in his grip and he reaches out to us in his son Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit and he wants to give you hope as an anchor for your soul. It's a great thing. It's a great thing. Now you might say, well, Mark, that's all good. But I thought this was a Christmas service. You know? And I think you can tell by the background behind me that we have a pretty strong Christmas theme. Well, I've been having a bit of a look again at the carols that we sing, and we sing some great carols today, and we're going to sing some more in, a f in, in the next few weeks. But in that um, song that we sang today, O Holy Night, and often when you sing carols, the lyrics can be a little bit, you know, you've heard them many times before, and you just sort of sing them, and you, you don't necessarily analyse it too much. But in that, in that carol, o, o Holy Night, let me just read a couple. I won't sing it because that would destroy the wonderful work that was done just a short time ago by our, our wonderful worship team. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Saviour's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. There's that word soul again. But this, listen to the next phrase. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And what grabbed my attention when I was looking at that was that phrase, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. And you may be feeling weary, you may be feeling downcast, you may be wondering how you've got through this year so far and how you're going to get through the next few weeks. Can I tell you, folks, that you can know 
a thrill of hope. A thrill of hope. Because God has not abandoned us. He gives us a living hope through the resurrection of his son, Jesus. And he wants to give you a thrill of hope in your soul, right now, wherever you are, a thrill of hope. And I want to just pick up another carol, which we, we haven't sung, but maybe it'll get sung in the next few weeks. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by, yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The hopes and fears, which we all have at times, and some of us have got them in a very profound sense right now, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee. God comes to us. He reaches out to us. He breaks into our world, and Christmas is all about God in human form, breaking into our world, intervening into human history, coming as a baby to give us hope, to give us hope, which is an anchor for our soul, which is a living hope, which is something that's not wishful thinking, it's not something that we sort of need to dig deep and try and dredge up and make stronger. No, no, no. Our hope is not in ourselves because our own resources are finite and, and weak and wax and wane. But our hope is in Christ. You know, I, I, last time I preached at this church, I said that the geometrics, I just made it up at the time, but I thought it was a good one. The geometrics of the Christian life are not looking inward or backwards, or downwards. But the geometric of the Christian life are looking upwards and outwards. Can I encourage you folks to take your eyes off yourself and off your troubled soul and look to Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. So our hope is based not on wishful thinking, but on some concrete, stable, dependable act of God because he is faithful and he intervenes in our lives and he's intervening in your life right now. And whatever your circumstances, I pray that you might look upward and outward. Don't look inward. Don't look downward. Don't look backwards. Look towards Jesus. Because this Christmas may be a new start, maybe a brand new start for some folks, where we can find an anchor for our soul. Amen. It's a wonderful thing. This Christmas, we can know a hope, a living hope. Let's pray now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray as we've been uh, gathering today, as we've been tuning into this particular telecast, this service of worship, I pray, Father, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would reach out in a fresh way and touch our lives. Whatever circumstances we're in now, I pray, Father, that we might open ourselves up to you afresh. And maybe we've prayed to you many times, or maybe this is the first time we've ever heard something about the love of God reaching out to us in Jesus Christ. Whatever our circumstances, dear Father, may you meet with us. May you intervene in our lives like you did 2,000 years ago. May you touch our lives, and may each one of us know the living hope 
that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the people of God said, Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church podcast. We hope you join in with us next week. For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.